Welcome to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where the only entrance requirements are the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. Here in, here in Fishing Without Bait, we ask people to explode into their lives through full impact mindfulness. If you're interested in yourself and willing to invest in the ride, welcome aboard and grab a paddle and let the adventure begin. Hello, everyone. My name is Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist. And as always, we offer an eclectic roster of guests. And at times, we often ask our guests back. And this happens to be one of our favorite guests who is making her fourth appearance on Fishing Without Bait tonight. And that would be Santina Grace. Welcome, Santina. Thanks. Thanks for having me back again. I always have so much fun here. <laughs> well, fun's fun's part of it, that's for sure. So how would you define yourself? Oh, geez. That's a very difficult question. Um, but, you know, in the, in the context of probably what we're going to be talking about um, this evening, I think we're all complex beings, right? We all have these um, unique aspects with ourselves. Um, I identify... Um, as I have in the past, as you know, a psychic medium here. It's um, something that I have had since I was born, um, since I have any memories. <laughs> um, but I'm also, you know, uh, interested in all kinds of different spiritual things. And um, I've got really different and unique uh, hobbies as well. So it's hard to describe myself. I would say I'm an adventurer. I'm somebody who loves to communicate and connect with people. Um, so that's probably as broadly as I would, that's how I would define myself. In one of our podcasts, you described yourself as an operator. Yeah. Yeah. I think a connector now more so than an operator. I really, I, I think in, in, in the very kind of, I don't know how else to say this, but like the grandest of terms, what I do on a daily basis is connect people. I connect people. I connect ideas. I connect concepts. So I don't know. I just feel like I'm that Lego piece that puts a couple pieces together. <laughs> I like that. So to speak. I like that. A connector. So for those of you, and shame on you if you haven't watched any of these previous podcasts, uh, you first became aware of your sensitivity and your gifts at a very early age. Very early. Yeah. I, I mean, one of my earliest memories is... Um, Whenever my grandfather passed, my mother's father, um, I remember her, and I was only like two, two and a half, but I have memories of her crying and asking her why she was crying because I was in the hallway playing with him. And I didn't realize that I was playing with the spirit. I was playing, he was playing with me and my toys. And so, um, cause he was just as real to me as she was. And, um, and I, it took me a while, took me to grow up a little bit more and, and to be able to actually communicate that, yeah, I could see these people and, and I'm having like conversations with them and, you know, um, and, and then understanding that other people may not be having these same conversations or same interactions, um, was, was a whole lesson in and of itself. And then understanding when people are comfortable or not comfortable with, knowing that I'm having these situations with passed over loved ones. But they were mostly my earliest memories always were people who I knew, relatives, things like that. So when did you begin to understand that, although you were having these experiences, uh, 
When did you realize that other people were not? And how strange was that for you? Yeah, I think, again, it was with my mom, just like most kids. Most of your interaction early on is with mother. So, you know, we were at a family party and I remember asking her about, you know, and I think I said this in one of your previous shows about a woman um, sitting across the room in a wheelchair and she had, you know, her leg was amputated at the knee and I described her and my mother just like turned white and I could feel her fear, you know, what you could just, it was like in the air and she was like, you're describing my grandmother. So it was my great grandmother that I was seeing and she didn't see her. She was like, I don't see what you're talking about, but who you're describing is my grandmother. And then I just felt like, okay, she's uncomfortable with this. We're just going to drop it. <laughs> Even at that young age, I'm sure that you were excited. I mean, not really. I, I just guess it was part of what I knew. It's no different than like just being in a room full of people and there's another person there. It's not like an excitement. It, it just was like, for me, I think the concept was, why is this weird to her? You know, that's the only thing I think I must have been thinking in that moment. That's an excellent <laughs> point. Why is this weird to, mm -hmm. to them? Mm -hmm. It's like you being the only one blue and everybody else is red. Yeah, yeah. And that's what people have asked me. You know, how, what has it been like, you know, to, to be, um, to always see people in spirit and to always have some sort of intuitive abilities? And I say, well, I don't know how else to be. So it's a hard question to answer because I think anybody who's born with any sort of different abilities, I mean, whether it be, you know, you've got hearing impairment or sight vision impairment, you know, other senses are going to be heightened. And so they only know their default setting. They only know what they've been given. Children seem to be much more aware and sensitive to not only perhaps otherworldly things, but people's emotions and feelings. Mm -hmm, for sure. I've had some kids even, you know, moms of kids come to me and ask me about certain things that their kids will say um, just for validation, you know, so I will go ahead and say, yeah, this is definitely, you know, the person's grandmother or somebody coming and visiting with them. And, and I can tell it gives them a sense of peace. So in that way that my mom didn't have somebody to kind of go to and give validation or whatever, or not feel freaked out about it. I find myself doing that for, for some mothers and even working with kids to just kind of encourage that and not turn that off. Cause so many kids, I think growing up have had the experience where they had imaginary friends. And to me, imaginary friends, a lot of times are spirit, you know, their spirit and, um, and the way that a child's mind will see these things sometimes is other children. Um, but you know, not always, sometimes they, they will connect them with spirit in the, in the form that they want to come through. And so, yeah, I think kids are, are kind of built that way. Um, I don't know how else to say it other than it's like they're, they're fresh from the world of spirit. You know, they come into physical form. So of course they're going to be, I don't know, just more vibrating at that frequency. I don't know how else to kind of say it. You talked in one of the uh, podcasts about reincarnation and choosing to be reinserted into the earth plane or perhaps the first time around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I really do believe that free will is the ultimate law of everything, um, including incarnation. So 
I think if somebody is really strongly opposed to the concept of reincarnation, then it could be that they're not a soul that's willing to do that and chooses, uh, this is my one life only, I'm coming in, this is, this is that time. But I think oftentimes there are moments where, you know, in the world of spirit, when we kind of get a sense of how we connected with people, because at the end of the day, that's how I view life. And that's why I like to say I'm a connector because all life is about is connections and how we impact people and how we help people and how we relate to people. And, and, um, and I know you want to talk about, you know, the illusion of separateness and, and, and kind of dispelling that and understanding that we're all here together, kind of sharing this experience at the same time. So a lot of times when people review that or assess that when they're in world of spirit, they kind of go, you know what, I might want to do that differently next time. And I might want to try it from this perspective or that perspective. Um, and then you get into like these concepts of karma where, you know, maybe in this lifetime you learned a, le- a hard lesson and you need to go and, and kind of resolve that lesson, you know, in, a, in another lifetime. So, but I do believe it's free will and a soul's choice. You talked earlier about being a connector and connectivity, and we had spoken in the past that everything is made up of the same energy and everything is everything is connected. And if we truly believe that everything is connected and we're here to assist our brothers and sisters in transversing through uh, this journey and this adventure, I think that would uh, push away fear. Mm-hmm. Certainly would. Yeah. I think that the, this, um, like we, I don't know if we talked about it, I think maybe last year, this divisiveness of like the society and what we felt was going on at that time. And I just can feel, I don't know, just as somebody who's very, um, empathic and very sensitive to kind of what it feels like in the world. It just feels like people are tired of that. They're just tired of being holding up the line for whatever their belief system is. And it's, I just feel like we're evolving as, as kind of like, I don't know if you want to call it like a brotherhood, sisterhood to just kind of say, no, you know what? I'm tired of kind of toeing the line for this. Let, let me hear about what you have to say. Let me consider that, you know? Could you explore that a bit more? Mm -hmm. Could you explain that a bit further? Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about tonight was what your feelings are being an empath Mm -hmm. about the divisiveness and the hatred and anger that people are feeling toward one another simply because they have a different view on things than others do. And it's truly, at at this present moment, uh, don't be offended. I don't share your optimism. Yeah. No, I, I have to. You have to hold a space of optimism. And what I realize is that, you know, all that separateness or divisiveness or, you know, holding, you know, I'm just going to, you know, say two different colors, you know, I like pink, you like green or whatever. Um, just because I like pink and you like green doesn't mean that I can't appreciate green or you can't appreciate pink. It doesn't need to be your favorite. You know, I even say it in the context of ice cream flavors, you know, you don't get bent out of shape because somebody likes Rocky road and your favorite is pistachio. You know what I'm saying? So this is to me, it's like, we all really have to understand that the lesson is none of this matters. Like at the end of the day, none of this matters. It's about respecting people. It's how you treat people. 
it's like to me your political stances yes i know that you know they 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 stand for something but at the end of the day it's about everybody wants respect everybody you know believes that we have rights it's just i just feel like the more that we put ourselves in each other's shoes and we become i don't know more receptive to hearing viewpoints other than our own only then can we kind of fully understand or be able to speak on anything or even have a conversation for that matter. Well, it's the louder voices that on the left and the right that are the ones who are heard the most. However, what we hear is people who absolutely insist that pink is the only color that's acceptable. And on the other hand, we hear the loud voices saying, no, green is the only color that's acceptable. However, the vast majority of the people are unheard santina it's true i just think the vast majority of people don't care about pink or green <laughs> and they're just like hey look there's a whole rainbow out here and i just don't really want to engage in that and that's fine to kind of take that stance but i think at the end of the day we all kind of need to just be i don't know how else to say it witnesses for each other you know and and it's not a great place to be where you just kind of go i don't care not going to take a position. You should just kind of say, "Hey, let me let me for one minute ask you to look at this person's viewpoint that likes pink and why they like the pink." And hey, how about you? Why why don't you like really understand why they like green? You know, or rocky road or banana or whatever the flavor of the month is. I just kind of feel like it's a challenge. For me, it's a life test. Like if you believe that this life is the school of life, this is one of a heavier and harder, this is an advanced class. And the advanced class is, can you see past others' differences to understand that in the end and at the very core of all of our beings, we all want the same thing. We all want the same thing. Well, you and I have discussed in the past quite a few times about what we both do, attempt to do is to help people figure out what's important because most things are not and our time, as we've discussed, is the most valuable asset that a person owns. And the ability to choose how to use it is one of the greatest gifts. And I loved when you talked about guardian angels and angels never interfering with free will. No, never. You have to ask for support. They will not intervene unless it's understood that you're in a space where you're wanting and you're saying, you know, please help me. You know, some, somebody, something helped me or, you know, just feeling that I, I, I mean, it doesn't need to be said, but it needs to be felt that I need support. I need help. Um, I think it's more powerful when we say these things and we speak them out. But if, if you can't say the words and you just simply need support, even just thinking, I wish I had divine intervention. I wish some, somebody would come and, and bring some support in this moment. And then directing it specifically to what support you need, I found, is even more powerful, more helpful. However, most people, when they, if you can use the word pray, mm -hmm. pray for something material mm -hmm. or for something to happen or somebody to be cured from an illness. Mm -hmm. What does, Could you say more about spirit guides and guardian angels as I think that's a completely misunderstood topic. Yeah. So one thing I will say is when asking for support, it is important to not ask for a very specific, like, 
you know, you're not going to say, oh, I want to win the lottery or, oh, spirit, please, or like, oh, angels help me win the Powerball. That's not going to happen. But what you could say is, angels, please support me in a way that I have financial abundance and that I don't have to worry and that I don't have to live paycheck to paycheck and bring abundance into my life. So if you say it in that kind of context where you're open to anything, you're open to work coming at you, you're, you're open to extra maybe odd and end jobs coming your way. I mean, that's how miracles happen. That's how, that's how things transform. Um, it's when you get into these like very specific narrow things where it's like, yeah, it's going to be kind of hard to fulfill that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you have to open up I guess, open up your understanding of, of what it is that you're asking for. Like you're not, you'd really, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would love to win the Powerball, but what you're essentially asking for is abundance and to not have to feel the, the strain of financial insecurity. That's what you're asking for. Well, what we talk about, especially uh, when I speak at rehabs mm -hmm. is I talk to them about what's important and and mainly I talked to him about the importance of being present yeah. and being aware and being present in the moment as creation could be happening 10 feet away from us. Mm -hmm. And there's so much chatter going on in our head, we wouldn't recognize it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think when it comes to spirit guides, angels, anybody who's going to come in and, and support you, I think it's, I think the best way that you could do this is to think about the situation that you need help with. And from a soul level, from like, not you as the human being on this earth plane walking this thing, when you're kind of at the end of life and you're reviewing everything, what is it about the situation that you need support with right now? What's going to get you through it, you know? And that's essentially what you want to ask for. That's what you call in the guides to do, because that's when they really want to roll up their sleeves and help. They want to help you to grow, to evolve, to move past the challenge, not solve it for you. Okay, so what that also sounds like is a deflation of ego mm -hmm. to be able to ask for help ask and for be help. willing to accept it. Yeah, and sometimes there's people, I call them earth angels. There's just people walking this earth who are there to help and are there to support, and we need to recognize them, you know? We've talked before about the Native Americans and spirit guides. We've talked before about... Uh, a lot of Christian faiths, particularly Catholicism, endorses the idea of guardian angels, that each child is, has a guardian angel assigned at birth. Uh, the Buddhists call them bodhisattvas. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? So I kind of feel like, yes, there are, you can have an angel assigned to you. I, per, I particularly know that one of my main spirit guides is an angel is a protective angelic form and being. And that is for the sheer fact that what I do, what I connect with people, I need to be protected. I need to make sure that when I'm connecting in with them, uh, you know, on a very soul like spiritual space that we're connected to a very high vibration, a very high form of energy, one that's going to be of assistance and not one that's going to be um, kind of focused on, I don't know the challenges or the darkness or the, you know what I'm saying? The thing, the roadblocks that come in the way. So, um, I believe that you can be both assigned angels, you know, based on what role it is that you're going to perform in this lifetime or maybe challenges that you'll have. But I also believe that you can ask for them 
And that I've, I think I mentioned it to you before about unemployed angels out there. There's a lot of them. And we need to, basically, they're out of work and they're looking for a purpose. So that's what I mean by like, you've got to ask or else they won't interfere. They won't, they won't come in and, and give you what support you need. But, but I think the critical thing is to understand how to ask for that help. Could you say more about that? Yeah. So um, I actually ran a workshop where we worked with ascended masters, um, high angelic realm. And what we did was we thought about and reflected upon really difficult situations that we were dealing with personally. And then we were thinking about the context of take all of the players out, the personalities, the names, whatever. It's just like you almost look at it like it's a screenplay. And these are the parts. And so you need um, assistance with this this character here and this character here. So you get how it's kind of like you withdraw your own connection to that situation and you kind of see it from a distance so that you can kind of have a more, I don't know how else to say it, but like not, you don't have any like stake in the claim. So what you would do is um, basically ask the high angels, the high um, ascended masters for support at the very highest soul level that, that could possibly be. So for example, say you were having a dispute with a family member and you were having a misunderstanding about doesn't really matter what does it could be anything could be something stupid. Um, it's not really about the disagreement. It's about you, you kind of have to go beyond that to kind of go, okay, these are two people that have conflicting opinions about something. But at the end of the day, it's about compassion and acceptance and tolerance for each other. So that's what you ask the angelic support for. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like, you don't ask for the resolution of just that conflict. You ask for tolerance, compassion, all these higher energies to kind of, um, assist and to help support that situation so that it can transition out smoothly because sometimes people are going to stick in and, and stick into the, you know, and they're not going to change, but you have to have the compassion to understand that. Right. Well, the Bible's Jesus message was love, compassion, and forgiveness. We're going to continue our conversation with Santina Grace, and as a reward for listening today, you have a free prescription, fruits, nuts, and vegetables, unplug your television, and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Invite joy into your life and make beautiful choices. If we're all not God's children, None of us are God's children. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait.